You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. Hello, I'm Ella Risbridger. I'm an author and a cook, and sometimes a journalist and other things too. And this week on The Pool, I'm talking about my plates to remember, five recipes from this cookbook that sort of sum up who I am and the things I think about cooking. There's my first book. It's called Midnight Chicken and Other Recipes Worth Living For. And it's a cookbook that starts with me trying to kill myself. So I guess it's a cookbook about mental health, 80 recipes about having an anxiety disorder and being in love and living in London and living living generally, I suppose. In the first episode, I talked about how I started cooking after having to go to hospital because of a really difficult period of mental health. As much as making that pie and thinking about that pie helped, that wasn't the beginning and the end of my relationship to food and my mental health. So I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder about 10 years ago now. I don't really know why. I don't really know where it came from. There are so many factors that can increase your chances of having a mental illness. And in fact, if a quarter of people have got a mental illness or will suffer from some kind of mental health problem at some point in their lives, I feel like looking for causes at this point is not that helpful. All we have to know is it's a fact of life, and you definitely know someone going through it. There's a 25% chance you have or will struggle with it yourself. So, what I mean is, I suppose, you know what I'm talking about. It feels really important to say that I'm so much better now. I have incredible coping strategies now. I have an incredible support network. But it was horrible. When I was at my most anxious, I couldn't get out of bed. Because I was so frightened by every possible choice. Like... What if I picked the wrong shoes? What if the shoes were slippery? What if I slipped down the stairs and broke my back and could never walk again? Then I would be a burden on my family and friends. Then they would become depressed and they would have a horrible time. They would never be able to fulfil their potential. Then I would feel guilty. Plus I would never be able to walk. All because I got out of bed and chose the wrong pair of shoes. And for me, that's very much what having an anxiety disorder was like about every single decision. There was no... There was no point in my day where I wasn't thinking of all the possible ramifications of everything that could go wrong at any given point. It was completely horrible and I am so glad that I don't feel like that anymore. And when I tried to overcome it, I would have hideous panic attacks where, honestly, I just felt insane. It was like I was two people and one person, the rational part of me, was going, it's fine, it's obviously fine, put your shoes on and go outside. And the other part of me, which was like having a five-year-old go everywhere with you, was just lying down and shouting no. And if you've ever tried to get a five-year-old to go somewhere she doesn't want to go, you kind of know what it's like having an anxiety disorder. I tried everything to get rid of this anxiety disorder. I tried meditation. I am no good at meditation. I do still try, because I think it's a useful thing, but I really suck at meditating. I tried yoga, but I am extremely unbendy and the teacher was rude to me and I never went back. I tried to give up coffee, but I really failed at giving up coffee. Um, I tried antidepressants. I have tried pretty much all of the big name antidepressants. They gave me horrible side effects. They gave me migraines mostly. And I spent a lot of time lying in darkened rooms. But I was really lucky to have a very sympathetic GP who was happy to talk me through all the different antidepressants and she was fabulous we tried really hard 
And I wish antidepressants had worked for me. I think they're amazing. I know there's a lot of controversy at the moment around antidepressants. And I know there's lots of people who think that there's something you should wean yourself off or something you should only be taking for a limited amount of time. And I couldn't disagree more. I think you do what you need to do. You do whatever works for as long as it works. Antidepressants didn't work for me. What worked for me was cooking one to three sensible meals a day, getting outside, getting fresh air. And I wish there was a more sexy, more glamorous answer, except to say that for me, learning to cook was transformative. I think for me, cooking gave me this relationship to myself that enabled me to look at myself as like a physical being with physical, practical needs, like exercise and eating properly. And by eating properly, I don't mean like eating right or eating proper, like eating greens. I mean, enjoying food and taking pride and having passion and enjoying life. And so I think cooking acted as a kind of permission to enjoy living in a body which anxiety had taken away from me, which I think is why I was able to start saying things like, if I don't get an hour outside every day, I am miserable. So we're recording this in my kitchen, underneath my big sad lamp, because if I don't get the proper amount of vitamin D or whatever it is that's in sunlight, I am miserable. I am a physical being with physical practical needs. And acknowledging those needs isn't pretentious and it isn't demanding, it isn't silly. It's, it's crucial. It's the only way to do anything. I want to say again that these methods are my methods. Maybe they don't work for everyone, but for me, they have changed my life. I, I just quit therapy, actually, with the blessing of my therapist. She didn't think it was useful for me anymore. I didn't think it was that useful for me anymore. So I don't know. I don't know if I still have an anxiety disorder. I don't know if it's something that goes away. I certainly still have the like old thought patterns, but my anxiety is mostly under control because of these routines. Having a list in my head of things that work, of things that make it always make it better, means that there's something I can rely on. Nora Ephron or Laurie Colwyn or someone like that said something like, there is a real comfort of knowing that if you put butter together with some flour and then you slowly add some milk, the milk will get thick. <laughs> and I love that. I love that there's a kind of maths to cooking. There's a weird alchemy, there's a weird creative thing, but fundamentally, if I put these ingredients together, I know what will happen. For me, it's exactly the right mix of ritual and creative impulse. So my third plate to remember is uplifting chili and lemon spaghetti. This recipe was originally called flatly suicidal spaghetti because it's the kind of cooking you can do even if you're flatly suicidal. You can do even if you're just like, I can barely lift my hand. You just chop some things very slowly and very small and you focus on very gently mincing the garlic and grating the lemon and chilies as well. You chop the chilies. At the end of it, you have this little white heap and this little ruby heap and this little yellow heap and you shake them all together in this lovely hot olive oil and it smells amazing. And you've just done this one small repetitive action of making things very small. 
I find, I think there's something very comforting about very small things. And then it makes this incredible smell. And then you just toss it with some pasta. And it's so much more than the sum of its parts. Which is why we ended up calling it uplifting chilli and lemon spaghetti. Because it is so uplifting when things smell nice. I think probably the most important thing about food for me is that it reminds you that life is worth living. It reminds you that there's something uplifting to still have no matter how bad things get. This might not be everyone's experience, but it's definitely been mine. Some quite horrible things have happened to me in my life and I don't really want to get into them. But through all of it, food has been the most enormous comfort. So, thank you for listening to today's Plate to Remember. Tune in tomorrow for my next dish, squash skillet pie, and why I think that anyone can cook, no matter what the food snobs might say. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, we'd love you to rate, review and subscribe.